Aloha, talofa, and welcome. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me. I'm super excited. This is the first episode for my first podcast, the Ohana Podcast. And I'm just super excited to use this platform to share God's word with you. I want to thank the guys from Scattered Abroad Network for encouraging me and helping me to start this journey of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ via podcast. Ohana is a word from the Hawaiian language that means family. In Hawaiian culture and also throughout Polynesia, we view the community as one big ohana or one big family, right? And so here locally, uh, the word ohana is used in that broad sense. We are a, an ohana talking about the people of Hawaii. And when I say the people of Hawaii, I'm not just talking Hawaiians. I'm talking Samoans, Filipinos, Japanese, Chinese, Caucasian, mixture. It's a, it's a, it's a melting pot, right? So, so everyone who is part of this melting pot that we call Hawaii is part of that one big ohana. But then ohana is also very personal. Ohana is our family unit. It's dad, mom, children, pets, aunties and uncles, cousins, right? We have a inside Islander joke that whoever is popular, they are our cousins. Like Tua Tangavailoa, when Tua uh, was a star at Alabama, every, almost every Islander came out and said, hey, I'm related to Tua. Tua is my cousin. It's an inside joke. It's an Ohana type thing. But yes, Ohana gets very personal. We're talking about your family. We're talking about my family. Still a part of the big community, but then this group of people is mine. Right? These are it's my wife, my children, my mom, my dad, my aunties, and my blood relatives. So that's where it gets super personal. And I say all of that because this podcast is about the Lord's church. And the Lord's church, it's not an organization. The Lord's church is not a business. The Lord's church is not a social club. It is, it is more than just individuals coming together. The Lord's church is an ohana. The Lord's church is a family. A family or an ohana that is Christ-centered. A family who has Jesus as the head of the family. And that's what the Bible teaches, right? The Bible teaches about the Lord's church that at the head of the church or the head of the body, which is the church, is Jesus. If you open your Bible with me to Ephesians 1 and notice verse 22 and verse 23, Paul is talking about the dominion and the supremacy of Christ Jesus. And Paul writes, and, 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 and this is what it says, and he put, that is, God put all things under his feet, Jesus' feet, 
and gave him, that is Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So the scripture clearly teaches that the head of this family, this Ohana, is Jesus. And the church here is the body of Jesus, according to the scriptures. Again, notice with me a parallel passage here in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. Colossians 1 and verse 18, Paul wrote, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Right, So Jesus is the head of the church, the Ohana. You will also find that in Ephesians chapter 5 where Paul talks about you know, the husband and wife and he really uses the marriage relationship to describe the relationship between Jesus and the church. Jesus is the head. The church is the body. He is the savior of the body. And so since this is the first episode of this podcast, I think it's fitting that we talk about what the Lord's church is, right? What is this church? Well, before, before we do that, let's define the word church. The church is not the building, right? The church is the people. The emphasis is, should be on the people, not the building, because the way the Bible uses the word church is not talking about the, the buildings or the gathering places. It's talking about those who are gathering. The people is the church. The Greek word that is translated church, the word ekklesia, that word means called out. Right, The church is therefore a group of people that have been called out of the world of darkness and were brought into the light of God by the gospel of Jesus Christ. When, when someone obeys the gospel, they are being called out of the world. They, they are being translated out of the world and brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, into the light of God. I really love what Peter gives as a description of the church, right? Peter was writing to the scattered church. They were scattered because of persecutions. Christians were running for their lives, trying to find somewhere to, to find shelter and to survive from, from Roman persecution. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, we see a beautiful description of Christians, of New Testament Christians, of the church. Right there in 1 Peter 2, verse 9 and verse 10, Peter writes, and he's writing to the church, and he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's the very idea of the word church. You're called out of the world into the light of God, who were called who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, continuing the reading, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, 
who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You notice that? That when we obey the gospel of Jesus Christ by believing, by uh, repenting of our sins, by confessing Jesus is the son of God, and by being baptized, immersed in water for the forgiveness of our sins, we become part of this church. We become part of this called out people. And Peter here gives various uh, description of the church. It's a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Under the old law, only a certain tribe were to serve in the priesthood, the Leviticus, or the not Leviticus, but the, the tribe of Levi, right? Well, in the New Testament, in Christ, every Christian is a priest. That's why we're called a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And I like this last part, his own special people. Right? That's who that's that's who the church is to God. We we are special to him. And, and so it's just good for us to talk about, you know, the the questions and answer the questions concerning the church that we read about in the New Testament. So the first question in that we want to address is this who built the church? That's the first question that we want to address. I want you to open your Bible with me to Matthew 16 and verse 13 through 18. Matthew 16, verse 13 through 18. And the Bible reads, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said unto them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Pay attention there to Matthew 16 and verse 18. Right? Jesus said to Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. Here's a question. What is the rock upon which Jesus built his church? Is It is not Peter. I want you to think about this. Which is greater, right? What, which is greater? Peter, the apostle, or the confession that he made? That confession being Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God. So which is greater, Peter or Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God? That's a no-brainer, right? Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, is far greater than Peter. And so Jesus built his church, not on Peter, not on the man, the apostle, 
not on the man who makes mistake, but on this great and powerful confession, the great confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. All right, so we, we know upon which the church was built. It was built on the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. And notice who built it. Who built this church? Notice how personal this is to Jesus. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Let me ask you a question. Whose church is it? Is it, is it Lima's church? Is it your uncle's church? Is it your auntie's church? Is it grandma's church? Whose church is it? The answer is very plain. The scripture is very clear. It's the church that belongs to Jesus. He said he built it. It's his church. That's why I always like to use the word, the Lord's church, right? Because it belongs to the Lord, the church that belongs to Christ Jesus. The name church of Christ, we find that in the scriptures, Romans 16, verse 16. That name is a scriptural name because that, that description, church of Christ, right? Church of Christ means the church that belongs to Christ, right? So who built the church? According to the Bible, Jesus said, I will build my church. And notice, notice also another thing. He didn't say, I will build my churches. He said, I will build my church, only one church. And that fits the, 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 the reading from Ephesians, right? Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. He is the head over, over the church. He is the head of the church, which is his body. Just picture a body in your mind right now. Because that's the illustration that the Apostle Paul is using to explain who Jesus is in relations to the church and the and who the church is in relations to Jesus, right? He is the head. The church is the body. Now, you think about the body of a human being. How many heads are there? One head, right? Common sense. One head, simple, right? So how many bodies attached to that one head? One body. You know what? what would look really ridiculous and it, what would not make sense if you had one head and multiple bodies, try to picture that in your mind. That, that's, that's some kind of an alien or something. <laughs> um, or picture this one body and multiple heads. It wouldn't make sense. Right? So I want to encourage you. You have to look into the Bible and see, that Jesus is the head of the body, not bodies. And the body is the church. Ephesians 4 and verse 4 says there is one body, meaning there is one church. And back to our question, who built the church? Jesus. It's his church. And so what a blessing it is to be part of God's family. Because at the head of our family, we have the perfect person, the sinless, 
pure Son of God, the Lord and our Master, Jesus Christ. Here's more to this. Jesus not only built the church, the Bible even tells us that he purchased the church. Now, um, as I'm recording this, we just finished Black Friday, <laughs> and today is um, a Cyber Monday, so I'm sorry for dating the episode. But I'm sure you've been purchasing some things, right? And when you purchase something, it becomes yours, right? Unless you're gifting it to someone. But this idea that Jesus purchased the church, it means his name should be on the deed, right? It's his property. It belongs to him. He purchased it. I want us to notice this passage in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Go there with me. Acts 20 and verse 28. This was Paul meeting with the elders of the Ephesian church, the church in Ephesus. And he's encouraging the elders to be faithful and to do their job as shepherds over the church, as the leadership uh, under Christ Jesus over the church. Right. And Paul says to them, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And then he says to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Here's a question. Who's blood was spilled to purchase the church it wasn't Lima's blood it wasn't your auntie's blood your uncle's blood your mom and dad and grandma you, you name it you go down the list there's only one blood that purchased the church the blood of Jesus right the blood of Jesus it's interesting to note that that same blood is the blood that washes away our sins. You remember the Apostle Paul when Ananias came to him to convert him into Christ? Ananias, the preacher, came to Paul, and, 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 and this is recorded in Acts twenty-two sixteen. as Paul recounts it. Acts 22 and 16, Ananias said this to Paul, And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized Wash away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. The same blood that washes away our sins was used by Jesus to purchase the church. That makes perfect sense. In Ephesians 1 and verse 7, again, the Apostle Paul, talking about the blood of Jesus, he says, In him, that is, in Christ, we have redemption. Where is this redemption, Paul? Continue the reading. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Again, the same blood that forgives us of our, that forgives us of our sins was used to purchase the church. All right. So clearly from the scriptures, we can see that it was Jesus who built the church, 
that it was Jesus who purchased the church with his own blood. And I want to tell you also, I'm going to add this too, that is, it is Jesus who will save the church, right? Those who are saved in Christ Jesus are part of this one church that we read about in the Bible. Not, not denominationalism, but the one church that we read about in the Bible. If you go with me the, to Ephesians chapter 5, notice with me verse 22 all the way down to verse 33, right? And Paul writes, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. This is something we're going to talk about in this podcast. It's about marriage and so on and so forth, because it's part of the Ohana, right? But reading on, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And notice this, and he is the savior of the body. What is the body again? The church. Huh. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. We talked about the idea of Jesus purchasing the church. That's exactly what he did when he died and gave his life at the cross and was buried and resurrected. He purchased the church. He gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. You know what Jesus does for the church? He cares for the church. And there's a very practical uh, thing that the church needs to do here to receive that care, right? Jesus has given us instructions commandments that we need to follow as the church in order to please him you know when we follow those commandments we we are blessed by doing so so therefore in a sense we are being cared for by our obedience to the commandments of christ concerning his church and then verse 30 continuing on for we are members of his body the body of jesus of his flesh and of his bones for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. Notice what Paul says. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Notice he doesn't say, and the churches. There's only one church, that's why. He's speaking of Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Do we see here the beauty of the church that Jesus built, that Jesus purchased with his own blood, that Jesus is going to save the church, that Jesus continues to care for? 
There's only one. And, and so in this podcast, we're going to learn so much about the New Testament church, our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, because we're family. And another important relationship, our relationship with the world. We want more people to be part of God's ohana, to be part of Christ's ohana. And we, as the ohana of Christ, exist for that purpose, to bring more people to this beautiful family of ours, where Jesus is the head. And we are the body. Thank you so much. I, I hope to encourage you and I hope that you learn something from the word of God today about the family of God that is in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.